0: Thank you very much. Um, in fact, it was, it was right here on the spot where we were prayed for in, uh, at the Pioneer Conference in 2019, it was, just before COVID, uh, to, to, to begin to develop the work of Pioneer International. Now, at that stage, uh, we had uh, networks that we were working with in, in Australia and in, in uh, Asia, and that would uh, be India, Sri Lanka, and Nepal. And so um, I was then given this task to see how we could help and serve and support other networks and other nations. And in um, 2020, obviously the world locked down and so international travel was impossible. Uh, In October 2020, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. So we had like two years of really inactivity. Uh, But God is still at work even at times when we don't think he is God is always at work Jesus said my father is always at work now some of your kids may say that about you (laughs) my dad's always at work I don't think that's what Jesus meant when he said that always working and and, uh, and so lockdown opened up my wife came through her treatment praise God is healthy, doing well, and, uh, and networks are now developing in, in Cuba, and Costa Rica, and Sierra Leone, and uh, Guinea, and Burkina Faso, and Ghana, and Liberia, and Zambia, and Kenya, and Tanzania, and South Africa, and Pakistan, and Bangladesh, and India, and Sri Lanka, and Australia, and New Zealand. It's just amazing what, what, what the Spirit of God is doing. And it just feels it's the right time for people who are often, as you may or may not know, that many independent churches exist in these nations. And after a while, you realize being on your own isn't great. We were created for community, and and as as organizations and churches, we were created for community as well. And so to be able to facilitate and help people develop these relational networks, non-hierarchical, for mutual support and encouragement is what people are hungry for. And so that's what's happening uh, right now. And so Richard and Kofu came to West Africa earlier this year, uh, to see what God is doing in that part of the world. And, and um, it's just amazing to see what what the Lord is doing. And so we are just bewildered and stepping back and seeing God at work in all these places. I was in Pakistan um, uh, earlier this year. And, and um, obviously in that nation, things aren't looking great if you're a Christian. And so we've been able to raise some support for people in, in uh, Pakistan and send that support over to three separate organizations who we are working with in in different parts of the nation. So it's great to be part of a global family where we're not just giving to some obscure organization over here, but we're actually able to tangibly make a difference in people's lives who in many situations in Pakistan have lost everything. Churches have been destroyed, homes burnt, possessions destroyed. uh, And so in in that small Christian community in that nation... Uh, we are able to stand with them and support them, and so. And I know that you, as a church, gave towards the offering. So thank you for your support. Uh, it 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 has gone to serve and bless your brothers and sisters in, in Pakistan, and so. It's great to be part of something bigger than ourselves, isn't it? We were all created to be part of a family, and whether that family is local, uh, in, national national, international, is is great to know we have a, all have a part to play. I would like this morning to talk about the work of God. You know, when we begin on this journey of faith, uh, it begins with a lot of noise, often a lot of excitement. Uh, It's filled with a lot of hope. But as life unfolds, uh, as we all know, particularly if you're a bit older like me, Uh, Things don't always work out as we had hoped. Uh, People pass away. Friends walk away. Hopes and dreams seem to be dashed. You know, our our church that I'm part of in Southampton uh, celebrates its 50th anniversary in, um, in two years' time. So I'm writing the story of the church from my perspective Uh, From where we began to where we are today, and and it's been very interesting to observe what I've just described has happened to our church. People have died with hopes unfulfilled. Uh, Friends have walked away. And it's easy to get locked into those disappointments rather than, well, what has God been doing? What has God done? What has God achieved? Um, King Solomon wrote a number of books. And uh, it's interesting that they were written at different stages of his life. So he wrote the Song of Solomon, full of passion and vigor and potential. Uh, He wrote some of the Proverbs as a middle-aged man, probably, who by that point thought he knew a thing or two. And then he wrote Ecclesiastes, an older man, disillusioned, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, and so I do come across people at at those stages in their life, young, vigorous, full of possibility and potential, people who get to a certain stage where they, they have it all wrapped up, sewn up, they know everything, and people who are at the other end who are like, what on earth have I spent my life doing? I'm now uh, 61, so I'm closer to Ecclesiastes than the Proverbs. (laughs) I know less now than I knew when I was writing the book of Proverbs, that's for sure. So, as I have reflected on the story of our church, here's some of the things I am learning. It's about the way that God works, the way of the kingdom of heaven. So, I want to read some verses from Matthew Chapter 13, and then Matthew chapter 5. So Matthew 13, verse 31. So he told them a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes like a tree. So the birds come and perch in his branches he told him another parable the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked through the dough and then in matthew chapter 5 verse 13 you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot Interesting images Jesus uses about the way the kingdom works: Seed, yeast, salt. small, apparently insignificant, and often invisible. He doesn't use the kingdom of heaven is like a volcano. He doesn't say the kingdom of heaven is like a grand edifice. Seed, yeast, salt. This is the way of the kingdom. I think we we get seduced by the large, by the noisy, by the fast, by the impressive, by celebrity. And we think, that's how the kingdom will come. Make it big enough. Make it loud enough. Make it impressive enough. And the kingdom will come. But you say, no, 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 no. Seed. Yeast. Salt. That's the way the kingdom comes. Small. Insignificant. Often invisible but at work at work so how do we allow that process to take place three things to say very quickly number one we need to therefore embrace the soil in which we are planted so i um i was born in liverpool Boo. But I spent my childhood in Scotland, and my teenage years in Ireland, and then the last 40 years in England. So my accent is, is that reason. My mother's Liverpool, my dad's Irish. You know, when I went to school in Ireland after being in Scotland, my nickname was Scotchy. When I moved back to Scotland, my nickname was Paddy. When I moved to England, they couldn't understand me. (laughs) The very first time I prayed in a meeting, they thought I was speaking in tongues. Someone got up to bring the interpretation. No, 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 that was English. That was English, it wasn't a tongue. I got fed up with saying, people saying to me, sorry, sorry, pardon, say that again. I had to slow down, change some words. The poor or the poor in the South embrace the soil, so I had, a, I had three prophetic words once about going back to Ireland to rediscover an ancient anointing. Now, being brought up in Northern Ireland as a Protestant, anything Celtic was Catholic, and therefore you avoided it. So I had no idea about the Irish Celtic history, but I felt God said go back and rediscover it. So I, I, I just booked a flight, went over, hired a car, and started to drive around Ireland. And, and as I'm driving, the first day that I'm, we park up by this um, little, little cell surrounded by graves. Um, and, um, and God said to me, embrace the soil. So I'm like thinking, well, I know to embrace a person, you know, I, I know what to do. But how do I embrace the soil? So I, I, I lay on the ground and pretended to hug it. <laughs> I was the original soil hugger. And as I, as I lay on the ground hugging the, hugging the soil, I began to pray this prayer. And it was like this Celtic poem came out of my mouth. which I wish I would written it down, but it, I remember the first line was, I embrace this soil, the land of my fathers. And I began to understand what it was to embrace the soil. So if, if, if the kingdom of heaven is like a seed, or like yeast, or like salt. It only is effective when it is in something else. The seed in the soil, the salt in the food, the yeast in the dough. If it's not in there, it's not actually going to be effective. It's not going to do the thing that it's meant to do. So I, have to, I, I had to learn to embrace the place that God had put me. So I moved to Southampton when I was... 19 years old for a, on a six month work placement and 40 years later I'm, I'm still there why? because God spoke to me and said I've called you to be an apostle to the people of the city so I, I had to embrace for me that soil that God had placed me in you know in Jeremiah chapter 29 the prophet says to the people of Israel don't listen to the prophets who prophesy to you why? What were they saying? Well, the good thing is that you can read what they were saying in chapter 28, which was this. Nebuchadnezzar, his power be broken, and then within two years, you'll be back in the promised land. And Jeremiah says, no, no, don't listen to them, because they're prophesying lies. They're saying it's in my name, but it's not in my name. What I want you to do is settle down, build houses, plant gardens, get married, have children, marry your children off, that all takes time. Embrace the soil that God has placed you in. And so for the kingdom of God to be at work, there needs to be a commitment on our part to embrace the situation and the place that God has put us. for some of you in your family, oh, I, don't, I, I wish I was in another family. I wish I was in another city. I wish I was in another job. We always want to be somewhere else. But the kingdom works in us when we commit to the thing we're currently in. Now, it's an abusive situation. That's different. But for most of us, we need to learn to put our feet down and get rooted in the place that God has called us to and the kingdom begins to work in us. Quietly, slowly, often invisibly. I was talking to a guy um, last year. He lives in a particular nation, and and he's 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 desperate to leave that country and come to the UK or go to Australia, and and uh, I I shared that with him about you know committing. He says, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And then he phoned me like last week and said, I'm still not sure what I should be doing. Should I be leaving this nation and going to the UK? or come? I said, listen, mate, if you commit to that nation, then God will work in you. If you're like double-minded and unsure and uncertain, it's really hard for the seed to be at work in you. For God's kingdom to be fully manifested through you unless you are committed to that soil that God has placed you in. Embrace the soil. The people that God has placed you around, the place, the work, the sphere of work that God has put you in, embrace it. Allow Him to work through you. The second thing is this we therefore need to recognize it's a process to get to the end, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I don't plant my seed and then the next day come and go, What? There's nothing there. I thought, I bought this packet of the seeds from the, the seed shop company. <laughs> and I, I've done what they've said and there's nothing there. It's like blank. We don't do it, do they? We don't do that. We wait. We wait. I put my, my salt and my yeast in my dough and I, and I don't go, right, I've done all that now. Where's the bread? It takes time. It's a process that we all have to Go through. God's people in scripture go through this process of leaving Egypt to the promised land and then spend this time 40 years in the wilderness going round in circles. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 1 it takes 11 days to go from Mount Horeb to Kadesh Barnea. It took them 40 years. The process that God works in us doesn't happen overnight. We want we, we want fast, we want instant. You know, if I get into the lift and the door's not closing quick enough. <laughs> Who remembers like dial in? I think I'm there. I think I'm in. Young people, you've no idea what I'm just just talking about. Talk to your grandparents. We want to all, like now, the kingdom of heaven is a, it's a process. It takes time. We are on a lifelong journey as individuals towards Christ-likeness. And if I read the scripture, it showed me there are times of, of wilderness. There are times of hiddenness. There are times when it looks like God is not at work. David tending sheep when he should have been the king. Confu- we're confused often. Because it's not as we had anticipated or hoped. But it's a process. God working in us. Putting down roots that will sustain us. Enable us to get to the end. It's a process that all of us are in. Both as individuals and as church. We want Manchester to be changed overnight. It doesn't work like that. It takes time. I think we had hope and expectation, but my reflection is is that it takes generations for real substantial change to take place in a town or in a city. So allow the process to work. Recognize that God is at work in you, even when it feels you're in the valley or it's dark or you're confused. The seed is at work. The yeast is at work. The salt is at work in you. And the thirdly, commit to the process. But we need to commit to the long term. You know, someone said the secret of success is consistency of purpose. The secret of success is consistency of purpose. going in the same direction for a long time. You know personally our lives meander and twist and turn and our lives don't just go like that there's ups and there's downs there's highs and there's lows but the general direction of travel continues to be in the same general direction commit to the long term my i turned 60 last year my son bought me a ring um, I'm not a big jewellery person. I, I have a wedding ring, and that's about it. Uh, but you bought this this uh, ring, and um, on the ring is it's it's a uh, it's the Kennedy clan, Scottish clan, um, and it's got the the motto of, of of the Kennedy clan, which is in French. So it's a bit of a strange thing, being a Scottish clan, but in French. Apparently, the, the Scots and the French were very connected with each other back in the day, against the English. Still still true today. <laughs> it says, "Avis la fin. Consider the end. Consider the end. It's not how excited I am when I'm 25 or how wise I am when I'm 45. It's like, do I make it to the end when I'm 75? Consider the end. Consistency of purpose. And scripture shows us, you know, that many people who started strong don't end up strong. Many of my friends ended up strong, haven't finished well. I want to finish well. Because the work of the kingdom is ongoing and and lifelong. Uh, In regards to serving our cities, we, we opened a school a few years ago. And we signed a contract with the government for 125 years. 125 years. Like long-term planning in our church up to that point was next summer. <laughs> and suddenly we're thinking generations. But I think that's the way the kingdom works. It's generational. Generational. There's a guy called Dr. Charles West, based in London, in in the 1800s, and he he had a real passion for, for, for children who were sick, who couldn't afford to see a doctor, which back in those days, that was what happened. So he decided to turn his house into a little hospital. So he 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 opened up his house, and he had ten beds. He managed to squeeze into his house in uh, in Great Ormond Street. In 1852, he was a Christian man. Was led by God to do this. 170 years later, Great Ormond Street Hospital has now 750 beds. And it's the, probably the world's leading children's hospital. Because one man decided to sow a seed. To be yeast. To be salt. And the kingdom of righteousness, peace, joy, health, and well-being grew. Around the same time, a woman called Octavia Hill... Who was also a Christian and a reformer. She she had a particular passion about how the poor were being housed in London with no access to sanitation or open spaces. So she began to work and, and campaign and she persuaded a friend of hers to, 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 to invest 750 pounds in in buying three houses that she was able then to manage and to let out to people who were uh, unfortunate she began to get concerned about how that the 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 authorities were getting rid of all of the of the green spaces and she felt that it's important for people to have access to god's nature and to creation and to open spaces so she fought to to create open spaces in in london in particular and then as her work increased she founded with a friend an organization called the National Trust, which today in the UK owns 250,000 hectares of land, 780 miles of coastline, over 500 properties accessible to the public. One woman, 150 years ago, sowed some seed. See, that, that's the sort of long-term vision I think we need not just limiting it to our generation and and our time, but thinking the seeds that we are sowing today, the work that we are doing today should outlive us, should go beyond us, should be even greater, like the mustard seed, Jesus said, will become the biggest of all the trees in the garden. It starts off like that and goes to become this incredible thing. Consider the end. Seed, yeast, salt. It's the way of the kingdom. Small, insignificant, often invisible, but God is at work in us. God is at work through us. It may not be loud and noisy and large and brash, but the work of the kingdom is ongoing. As we embrace the soil, as we commit to the process, and we have a vision for beyond ourselves, we consider the end. And so for King's Church, Manchester, there will be some great things that you do in your lifetime, but beyond you, there will be many other things that will take place. Seeds that you have sown in the community, in people's lives, in the nations, that you will never see the results until we get to Glory. And then we'll see how it all panned out. And it's, it takes faith to have that vision and have that view. You know, in the book of Hebrews, we read about some of the great men and women of faith and those who died without seeing the fulfillment. But they still died in faith. That actually, the kingdom is at work and will continue to be at work. The church is being built and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we have seasons when it feels like the gates of hell are surrounding us, but we know at the end of the day, the church will prevail. The kingdom will prevail. A knowledge of the kingdom of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea, these things will happen. Whether it's in our lifetime or not, it will happen. The work of God. Like seeds, like yeast, and like salt. Let's uh, stand together and we'll pray. So Lord, I want to thank you for your work as I look across this room, in in the lives of so many people. And I thank you, Lord, for your work in this community, in this city, in this region, in this nation, in the nations. And Lord, I pray that you would just protect our hearts and our minds against discouragement and disillusionment. Lord, that we would not fall into the trap that Solomon did in Ecclesiastes. of thinking it's all been a waste of time. But we would understand the way that you work, Lord. That your purposes prevail from generation to generation to generation to generation, Lord. Lord, that you are at work improving and changing our lives and will do in our families, our children and our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. You're still at work, Lord. You're still the God who's at work. Lord, if any who are discouraged this morning, I pray, bring courage to our hearts. Any who are disillusioned, bring fresh vision to our hearts, Lord any of that have lost vision, Lord, that you restore vision again for what you're able to do, Lord, in this life and in the, in, in, in the ages and age that is yet to come. Lord, we thank you for this community and all that has been achieved as it parallels very much with ours back in Southampton, Lord, and we thank you for the breakthroughs that have taken place. And we pray for more, Lord, particularly as Richard goes on this sabbatical comes back a different man. Pray for the next season of growth and development for this community in, in this city, I pray. Uh, Lord, that we, we give you thanks that you are at work. You are always at work, Lord. At times it looks obvious, and at other times it seems a bit more difficult to see, Lord, but we know you're always at work. And So I speak blessing over every individual in this room, every family in this room, over every congregation, every community in this room. Over King's Church as a whole, Lord, and I speak your blessing. I speak your blessing, Lord. Lord, as they commit to build their house here, to plant their gardens here, to increase in numbers here, Lord, that you would bless them as they bless the city. Lord, we look back in years to come, decades to come, and see how wonderful work of God has been in this place so we bless you Lord that you said you would build your church forgive us when we think that's our job and Lord we pray keep working keep moving keep ministering keep encouraging I pray in the mighty name of Jesus we ask you and all God people said Amen. amen amen amen